Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, A lot to get into on a Monday, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and joining us now for the Sporting Tribune. Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you doing, my friend? Arash, I'm doing well. Thank you so much again for having me on. Of course. Uh, all right, so we have to start off with the Chargers just because um, and you gave us a little glimpse of this before, and we've seen sort of some of these videos. Before we talk about the game, you know, what's kind of going viral is uh, Chargers coach Brandon Staley postgame. Um, I believe he was talking to her friend uh, Jeff Miller of the Los Angeles Times, Basically saying, don't ask the question anymore. I'm calling the defense. Probably the worst thing you could do to uh, say to a reporter is not to do his job because they are going to ask. And uh, we both probably have confidence in Jeff uh, bringing up that question again. What what, what have you seen from Staley from, um, you know, I guess training camp where he's kind of has this confidence that they're going to come back this year strong after the way the last season finished in Jacksonville and then really struggled from the get-go in terms of losing the first two games of the season. And now it's it's very contentious, very defensive post-game. Your thoughts, first of all, on uh, Brandon Staley's post-game press conference. Yeah, I don't know what approach he's trying to take. It seems like lately he's been trying to take that approach. You remember in, uh, in the blind side when uh, the player comes up and kicks Michael Orr in the helmet and the coach like looks at him, and and uh, he remembers that Sandra Bullock's character said, "You have to, uh, you ha- like." He only responds if somebody has his back, if he can fully trust you. Yeah. So the coach goes ballistic, and he's like, "This is my player. He plays for my team, and he has his back." I don't know if that's what Brandon says he's trying to do, but uh, he kind of threw his. There was another part where he kind of threw his offense underneath the, yeah. the bus. He goes. Uh, He's like, hey, it wasn't it wasn't the defense I lost in the game. There was uh, bad. Um, <laughs> there were some drops. Yeah. There was uh, there was miscommunication. There was a fumble. There was this. There was that. And it's kind of like, whoa! Like you're willing to defend your defense by. But the thing is, he calls the defense, and this is why I've been so adamant about. I'm not a big fan of uh, first year head coaches calling the defense because I've asked Staley before. He got mad at me last year for asking him if he would uh, if he would give up play calling duties, and he told me no. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think at this point it's like you're kind of he's got. I'm sure he's kind of thinking to himself, "I'm going to live and and live and breathe. I'm, I'm going to live and die by what I'm doing," and and I guess that's. That's courageous, but at the same time, it's like you can't be that stubborn, especially because, I mean, you can tell the team the keeps the team keeps on seeing, saying, and they said it after the, something needs to change. Well, what yeah. else can you really do? Like, there's nothing else you can do 
because you already got rid of J.C. Jackson, but the mistakes are still happening on defense. The, the pass interference by Asante Samuel Jr., then the missed tackle by Michael Davis, then the miscommunication by Kenneth Murray and, uh, and Michael Davis on that touchdown. I mean, that just exemplifies exactly what this season has been for the Chargers. And then if you look at it, they kind of let down Justin Herbert today. I mean, Justin Herbert had a great performance. I thought there was a lot of drop. There were seven drops by the receivers. And I know Keenan, the thing is, people want to criticize Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen had two drops, yes. But he also made up for it at the end with that great catch uh, in the end zone. So there's not much you can criticize when Keenan and, and Herbert are the ones kind of carrying this team. So, uh, but it, it just, to me, it's kind of all unraveling right now. And I know people want to say, well, the playoffs are still in that. No, dude, like there's like playoffs right now, you have to concentrate on being able to play a complete game, which I don't think they've played at all this season. So let's go to the game. Uh, we kind of touched on the importance of this game because, again, this has been a very um, herky-jerky season. Two losses, two wins, two losses, two wins. Now we're uh, back at two losses. But this was a game that they could have won. Uh, Staley's not wrong. I, I do agree with you that he threw the, the offense under the bus. Like, it's not on the defense. You know, the offense uh, drop passes, the red zone. Yeah, no. You know, and it's like, but... Uh, touch on this game because again they went into Green Bay and they had a chance to win this game. So Staley's not wrong in, in the sense that the that those drop passes and the inability to score in the red zone hurt this team. What went wrong and why did they not beat Green Bay on Sunday? Well, I, I really think that kind of what killed their momentum offensively was that fumble by Austin Eckler. I mean, I know the drops they all happen, but that fumble by Austin Eckler really cost them. They were at the two yard line. And I know the Keenan Allen drop at the beginning. Yeah, but you can kind of get over that. The second one, okay. But then that fumble really cost them. And then Quentin Johnston, uh, that that drop pass, like that was just bad. Yeah. Like he should have caught that. And I wrote about it. He should have caught it and would have, could have, should have. But he should have walked into the end zone. And they yeah. should have at least, at least, I mean, they would have given Jordan Love another chance. And the way Jordan Love threw the ball... That was the first time in his career that he's thrown for over 300 yards. Like that's, that's the thing that I wrote. Also, they make guys, they make like, if you're having a bad season or you're having bad, a bad <laughs> stretch, like you play these guys and you do better. And that's kind of been the theme for these guys. I know it's like kind of funny in a sense, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, that's kind of been the theme for these guys. But um, it just, it was everything. It was a culmination of everything. lack of effort. I thought with the tackling, uh, they were literally letting these guys at will move the football up and down the field, which is something that you haven't seen. Jordan Love, I don't think, it had a multi-touchdown past season this year. And it's just it's crazy to me that everything that um, that uh, they had said going into the week, they just they didn't do any of it. And it's it's and, and that's what I had said before. Don't let Jordan Love beat you. And Jordan Love ends up uh, beating them. Uh, then Staley goes with the whole, well, we stopped the run. Well, yeah, Aaron Jones got hurt and uh, in the second quarter, and then they kind of wait. This is the problem, Arash. Everybody's going away from the run, and that's why Staley's saying, "Oh, they're doing. We're doing better against the run." But that's because everybody's going away from it, knowing <laughs> that they can pass on this defense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just uh, it, it's just a bad look um, if you're uh, if you're Brandon Staley because he's. Going up there, and I know he has to defend his decision making. He has to defend all this stuff, but in my opinion, it's just not a good look, especially because the right, like you see everything that they've done in the past, and you're like, no, like there's evidence that this has not worked this season at all. 
So they are now four and six on the season. Coming up, they uh, play Baltimore at home on Sunday uh, following Thanksgiving, obviously. Then they head to New England to play the Patriots. Uh, they've been struggling. They uh, get the Broncos at SoFi, and the Broncos are finding uh, ways to win. Um, Man, they, they might make the playoffs. It's, it's crazy. Uh, okay, so- Russell Wilson, honestly, or like Russell Wilson is playing that Peyton Manning football from 2015 <laughs> yeah. the, when they won the Super Bowl, the – don't don't f it up. Just don't, yeah. just sit there and and and, and uh, yeah, make some plays here and there, but do not screw us up. That's literally what Ky- what uh, Kyler Murray. That's literally what uh, Russell Wilson's playing right now. So as you look at the stretch, Baltimore at home, going to New England. Arash, and- I don't know if they win another game. Wait, hold up. Wait, explain yourself. Tell what? Okay, what's happening? Uh, they don't win another game. Okay, listen. Uh, okay, let's just go through the schedule. Um, you might not be wrong, but this would be th- that would force them to do something that I would not think that the Spanos family would ever do is to fire a coach in season. But if this happens, okay. So again, Baltimore Sunday loss at, at New England loss. Is that just? I mean, New England's that's, not that good. That's going in there. That's going to be Bill Belichick's watched everything that he has to do. That'll be the one game that Mac Jones really puts it together and and uh, and <laughs> plays right. well against this defense. They have a good run. They have a good rushing. Well, not a good, but they have a an okay rushing attack. And Jace, that's a JC Jackson game. That, something's oh, going right. to something's gonna give at that point. Okay. Yeah, something's going to give at that point. Okay, then uh, we touched on this Broncos team that, again, wins Lost. last night and uh, finding ways to win. Okay, at Las Vegas. Lost. Yeah. Oh, boy. And the, Raiders, was- the Raiders just, like, literally to the Dolphins, 20 points. Yeah. 20. Like, to that, and, and I mean, I know they left Tyreek open, like, multiple times, but I, I just don't see, like, the Raiders right now have a lot of momentum. I know they lost, but. I still think they have a lot of momentum. I think the I think that stadium's going to be rocking um, that day. But keep on going. My bad. <laughs> okay, no, it's uh, okay. Then they play the Buffalo Bills, who struggle, but that'll be at SoFi Stadium. Okay, got that as a loss at Denver. I mean, you obviously like Denver. Loss. That's a loss. So then, uh, this is the for sure loss. But uh, uh, finish out the season January seventh against the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll win that SoFi. one. You're right. That, that, that'll be the one that they win. Um, yeah, they, there won't be uh, – Patrick Mahomes won't be playing. I think they'll win that game. But I just – I really – I mean, until they show something different, there's nothing – because I'm telling you right now, Bill Belichick in that game in two weeks, he'll double Keenan Allen and just be like, you know what, Gerald Everett beat us. Uh, Donald Parham, Quentin Johnson, like you guys beat us. Like we're not going to let Keenan Allen beat us. I mean, Austin Eckler to me also this season has not looked good at all. I don't know if it's the injury that kind of slowed him down, and but it, it just it's been a multitude of things. And I really think besides Justin Herbert and, and Keenan Allen, they really haven't had anything on that offensive side of the no consistently no consistency anywhere else. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just won one more game. Like uh, they they could lose them all too. I mean, it's just uh, it's it's that bad. I just this defense is. Is pretty like I honestly like I didn't fall for the Jets and the and the uh, I know a lot of people kind of did fall for that Jets and and that Bears game, but I I didn't like today against Jordan Love. I thought okay maybe or yesterday maybe they'll be able to get something back. And they couldn't they couldn't get anything back. Like he literally three hundred and twenty two yards passing, two touchdowns, no picks, no turnovers. Like 
they they really that defense is and they have some playmakers but unfortunately and then joey bosa uh has that foot injury that did not look good so uh yeah i just i i, I just don't see another win uh that's why i told you at the beginning of the season they need to start off fast if you don't start off fast that that's end right. of the year it's going to kick you and uh now it's going to come back and haunt them and and i really think that this 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 might not even be the worst uh of what could happen uh in the month of december it's going to be a disaster. Okay. On the bright side, and I believe this this would be the greatest news possible for the uh, Chargers fans out there, um, this tweet from Gary Myers. And again, you know, there's a lot of the tweeters out there or like Gexers, whoever, whatever they call it these days. But anyways, <laughs> Gary Myers is a legend in this profession. Multiple books out there. His most recent book, Once a Giant, is a story of the 1986 Super Bowl champion New York Giants. Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator of that team. He's a Hall of Fame voter. He was formerly wrote for the Dallas Morning News, New York Daily News. So, I mean, just an accomplished man. In his tweet recently, and I'm trying to see where this was, but this was a couple of days ago, he uh, has a leaked source who says that the Chargers are the favorites for Bill Belichick if he leaves the Patriots. That's the big if. But listen, I mean, if the Patriots, uh, if they don't want him and he wants to leave, uh, I could totally see that happening. And the big thing there, uh, according to Gary Myers, is one of my well-placed sources believes that the Chargers are the favorites for Bill Belichick in 2004. They have an excellent quarterback. Team is ready to win. And Belichick likes California and the beach. Did not know that, by the way. That's good to know. Um, okay. <laughs> For, uh, I, I just didn't picture. Uh, One day you're going to be down Manhattan Beach well, and you're going to skip sunbathing. Hey, bro, if they show him that new Chargers facility in Mel Segundo, which is just a stone's throw away from Manhattan Beach, uh, that may sell him right there. Okay. Um, I think the stars have to align. I think from the Brandon Staley standpoint, that star is pretty much set. Uh, he's he's not going to be back. If Bill Belichick, and again, I've always felt that that will come to an end when uh, Kraft and Belichick get together. They're not going to fire Belichick. Yeah. Uh, they're going to come together and Bill's going to say, hey, listen, we had an ama- not just an amazing run, a historic run. Um, yeah. uh, I'm going to resign. Uh, it'll be gracious. And if he comes to the Chargers, I this is a little bit different, but back in the day when the Lakers had Shaq and Kobe, it was different because, again, that team at least got to the playoffs, got to the conference finals. But I said, this team has the talent. They are a Phil Jackson away from winning. Phil comes in. They win three titles in a row of five total um, okay, if do you think how much of this is coaching? If Bill Belichick were to walk in that door uh, beginning of next season, like off season, training camp, all that stuff, what could this Chargers team do? Again, they'll, they'll make tweaks and changes, but the core, if they kept this core and they bring in that coach, what can they do? Well, I think Bill Belichick would uh, would first be like, I don't want a GM. Uh, I think he would tell John Spanos, I need you out of my way. Yep. This is my show. Like, nobody's going to meddle. I'm doing this. Um, that's going to be the fir- uh, first and foremost. I think that's what's going to is that's what would need to happen. Like, like the, the he would tell the Spanos, I'm like, do not interfere with me. Let me roll. Let me do this. Another thing is. I think half of the players on defense would be gone. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think half of those guys are Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick would love Derwin James. I think he'd look at yeah. Derwin James and be like, whoa, like 
I'm about to, I'm about to have an all pro safety. Like I cannot wait to help you um, build this defense. But I think a lot of the players would be gone on defense. Um, but I, realistically, I just, uh, I, I, I don't know because I mean, if Bill Belichick won a Super Bowl for this franchise, I think that would be up there in like miracles, like <laughs> Jesus walking on water, uh, like so, like something like that. Just because I mean. We've seen it with this franchise. I mean, the the word chargering, we all know about it. Yeah. I've seen it firsthand for years. Um, and with Bill Belichick, it'd be like, no, you're, we're not doing this stuff anymore. It's a new slate. Like, if I was a Chargers and they got Bill Belichick, I'm changing the uniforms. I'm doing a lot of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I'm making sure that it's like it's a new era. We're doing all kinds of different things. But I just don't know if they would do that because uh, – Bill Belichick comes in and he's going to want like nobody to meddle with him. Like he's going to tell everybody to get away from him. He's going to do everything. And, and the thing is, is that um, I, I just don't know if they would go for such a, uh, such an older coach like that, unless the Spanish family just says, you know what we need to win now. Yeah. Then you pull a move like him or, or Jim Harbaugh, I think would be a great move, but I just don't know if they're going to, uh, if they would pull the trigger on that just because of the money. That's a, that, those are very expensive coaches. That's the number one thing that I've heard. And again, you know, I'm probably one of the few guys comparing these two franchises. But when Phil Jackson came to the Lakers, prior to him coming to the Lakers, the one pushback a lot of people got who, who were reporting that story initially was that the Lakers never pay for a coach. And, and despite the, the fact of their success, you got to remember, most of their coaches kind of came from nowhere at the beginning. Pat Riley was a broadcaster with Chick Hearn was an assistant yeah. coach. They like, you know, and then by the time he left, he was this high paid coach. What happens, I think, and I, I, I don't know if the Spibanos family is there. I, I tend to believe that they may be. Uh, you get to a point where you're like, I'm tired of losing. You tell me what I have to do to win. And if you're telling me that we have to get this guy and I have to just enjoy the game from um, our suite, let's try it. And then listen, at the end of the day, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But like what we've done has not worked. Um, but, but, I mean, at least you yeah. show the fan base that you like care. I mean, yeah. and I get so frustrated because I see all these like, I, I, I mean, and I can't, I can't use the word I really want to say, but you see these people on Twitter that are supposed journalists and analysts and all this, <laughs> like they're over here like, oh, Justin Herbert needs to do more. Like, are you kidding me? Like the dudes over here freaking like literally like, like, did you see him get p pissed when he, like, when the ball wasn't snapped and no. he threw the ball down, like, Philip Rivers' ass? Like, that's the <laughs> level of frustration I think he's at. Like, this kid, I mean, people say, oh, he doesn't care. He's so level, like, he's so eh, about everything. No, this kid wants to win. And I think that's the level of frustration that I'm sure Keenan's at. Keenan's been with this franchise now for 11 years. No. And it's almost the 11 years of the same same stuff. And I'm sure Keenan's frustrated. He wants to win. Derwin James wants to win. I mean, they're, you're kind of at this point where you kind of need a home run addition to kind of – because, I mean, you see some of these plays, like the missed tackles, the penalties the this the that it's just it's getting to the point where i'm sure some of these players are really for they're not going to say it but i'm sure they're really frustrated with the product and and they want to see um they want to have somebody in i mean if you got a jim harbaugh uh the culture like the culture changes 100 yeah. percent. if you have a bill Belichick, the culture changes like everything is different the only thing is uh, getting a head coach like either one of those guys is going to be uh, either a GM that one of them knows and they want them in there 
or it's, hey, get out of the way, let us work, and we will build you something great. Just let us do our job kind of thing. And and that's going to be interesting to see if, if they'd be willing to do that. But, I mean, first, obviously, we have to see how this season ends out with Brandon Staley. But as of right now, it just it doesn't look good. And, and, and the thing is, him kind of losing his edge a little bit with reporters lately, because it's not just – this isn't the first game. It's kind of been yeah. the same thing since the Minnesota – not Minnesota, Tennessee when he was asked, Hey, do you think the Jacksonville, you guys still have a hangover from the Jacksonville loss <laughs> and him kind of like losing it on that? Like it's yeah. kind of been a, a, a whole season thing. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what would happen, but I mean, those two guys definitely would change the culture of, uh, of uh, this franchise for sure. Yeah. And I, I think at this point they need that. And I do um, like Brandon Staley as a person. And I do think, he yeah, he's, he's yeah, yeah, right. So he'll, he'll be a coordinator again very soon. Uh, but, um, no, it just, it just hasn't worked. And, and, and if things progress the way that you're saying, I don't, I'm not confident that he'll last the length of the season. I mean, that, that would be a no, heck of a if, thing. If you end um, up five and 12, yeah. You can't, like, no, all you good to, but, but this is the thing. This has yeah. been the thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. No, but, but listen, we're, no, we're, we're, we're going to, yeah. we're going to do this uh, again next week and I will see you on Sunday, my friend, but let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by a uh, grand Mona and Brandon Deutsch of the sporting Tribune. When we come back right here on the Mighty or 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii sports radio network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Rush Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Right, let's head out to the Circus Sports Yes, hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, it's Grant Money, Mona, and Brandon Deutsch, the one-two punch from Baller Sports Dialogue. Let's jump into it. You know, before we get into the comeback Rams game, uh, we uh, had Fernando Ramirez from the Sporting Tribune on previously. Uh, he, and I want to get you guys' take on this, because Fernando doesn't normally uh, give uh, hot takes on the team that he covers he thinks that the Chargers have won their last game of the season. He, he thinks that they don't win another game this year. Grant, first your thoughts, then Brandon. Uh, yeah, you know what? Fernando may be right there. Uh, there's a lot going on with the Chargers, and it's crazy because now the Broncos are ahead of the Chargers, and they have a better record than the Chargers, which is something that four weeks ago I would have never have thought was, would come out of my mouth. And you, know, you play a team like the Packers for the Chargers, and – 
to just, I, I know, I understand that there's, you know, no easy wins in the NFL. There's, you know, teams that are going to compete night in and night out every Sunday. That's why they say every given Sunday. But for a Chargers team that just has so much talent, and I know they've been banged up here and there, and I know Bosa went out with a foot injury, but this is just kind of embarrassing. I can kind of compare it to what USC has done. I, I hate to bring this up because I know we're probably going to get into it, but I just, <laughs> it kind of compare it to that because it's just unfathomable how this team can lose to a Packers team that even the Rams could have beaten. And the Rams, say what you want about them, but they just have not looked good over the past three weeks. They had a comeback win today. That's great. Or yesterday. That's great. But the Chargers, I mean, they're overthrows. Quentin Johnston doesn't look like the receiver that they thought they were taking in the first round. Um, the defense isn't up to snuff. They lost another close game, and I know Brandon has a lot more thoughts on it, but for me, it's just so much disappointment. For a team that was 4-4, four and four, and then they lose to the Lions in, in heartbreaking fashion, honestly, they could have won that game. And then they lose to the Packers. It's just unbelievable to me. Yeah, yeah. every every game's close, right? That's typical, typical Chargers. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, look, Arash, we talked about this after the playoff game last year. How Brandon Staley was not fired after that choke job was beyond me. And now there's rumors about Belichick and all that. I do think they'll win another game. I do. I don't think, obviously, I mean, we saw the Rams win. We saw that even the Giants win. They're not even trying to win, and they won a football game, right? So, I mean, there are teams that are going to win games. You probably would think, okay, maybe they're not going to win. But, I mean, the Broncos are the only defense in total defense worse than the Chargers this year. If we're just looking at pass plus rush yards given up per game. Now, not total points or total touchdowns, but, um, you know, they've given up over 25 touchdowns, close to 400 passing uh, passing plus rushing yards per game this is a defense that's you know one of the highest paid defenses you know in the league obviously jc jackson didn't work out they waived him right but you're still paying a lot of money to derwin you're still paying a lot of money to joey who got hurt and again the kid they're the losers of close game. every single yeah. close game Arash, they lose i mean mm. that's just bad coaching that's bad coaching and bad execution by the quarterback and you know, maybe we can blame it on Herbert, or maybe it's just, you know, Brandon Staley. But something's up. Yeah, so the Rams and the Chargers are both 4-6. and six. Obviously, a different feeling for the Rams this Monday uh, because of the way that they were able to come back and win. Grant, you were there. Um, <laughs> take me through the wave of emotions that game was. Because, again, you know, the Rams begin the season with a surprising victory against the Seahawks, who... You know, we've, we've seen this season that they are a very good team. Go into Seattle week one, win that game, and we're thinking, okay, is, is this going to be a season that, that we didn't imagine? Um, it's This season's gone the way that I think we all thought it would. Uh, but for them to come back and win that game, Grant, what what was SoFi like and your thoughts on that game? Uh, SoFi was great, actually. You know, there's a lot of Seahawks fans, but it just seemed like there was a, finally a home field advantage in a competitive game for the Rams at SoFi. Um, there were times in that second half where it just seemed like it was deafening for the Seahawks. And I know that Geno Smith got hurt for, for a lot of that fourth quarter, and that kind of hampered the Seahawks. But the Rams, they showed a lot of toughness. I mean, they looked dead in the water after that first half, and they were they were grateful to be down only 13-7 to at the half because there were possessions where the Seahawks could have really put their foot down and put an end to the game. And the Rams just kept getting stops and kept getting them to kick field goals instead of touchdowns. And ultimately, ultimately at the end, that's what led them to get a victory because they, the defense kept them in the game. Again, in the second half, we saw it in week one. 
that the, the Rams held the Seahawks to what was it? I think under a hundred yards in the second half, something crazy. Again, in the second half, the Rams held the Seahawks to only three points. They they were leading it thirteen to seven at the half, and the Rams came back and won after only allowing three points to the Seahawks in that second half. I mean, Matthew Stafford was banged up. He was getting thrown everywhere. Um, Cooper Cup was banged up. I think he didn't even play in the second half with an ankle injury. Puka Nakua stepped up again. The run game got going. Sean McVay figured things out. I just wish they didn't do it in the, until the fourth quarter. I wish they figured it yeah. out a little sooner. Because, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of uh, Rams fans are going to be seeing a cardiologist soon because they, they love to make it difficult. But for the Rams, if you're looking at it, huge win. If they didn't win that one, I, I'd probably say you can can this season. You'll probably tank and, and go for a draft pick. Now, you can probably say that you're in the hunt. I know that the Vikings lost last night, and I know that there's other teams ahead of the, the Rams in the playoff hunt where you can say, okay, you're four and six. You're probably one game, two games behind some of these teams for a wild card spot with a favorable schedule. That's the thing that the Seahawks do not have. They do not have a favorable schedule. They have to play the Niners twice on Thanksgiving against Brandon's Niners. And then they have to play the Cowboys and the Eagles in these last five, six weeks yeah. of the season. It's not going to be easy, but for the Rams, huge win. They have a favorable schedule. They could sneak into the playoffs, guys. If they stay healthy, they're getting Kyron Williams back. They finally have a backup quarterback if Matthew Stafford keeps getting thrown around like a <laughs> rag doll, so that's okay. But the Rams, things are looking up. Coming out of bye week, a comeback win, I'm sure it's great for morale. I mean, they've swept the Seahawks. They own the Seahawks. So <laughs> it's kind of funny how that goes, right? Because, um, again, Seahawks, tough schedule. I mean, no one really thought the Seahawks were contender contenders to begin with. You know, their point differential was well into the negative. You know, perhaps some of that was the one, you know, a few. I mean, they've won games by like two or three points, a lot of them, right? They're like the Vikings last year. Came into this game six and three. Rams had already beaten them pretty bad in week one. They won again. And if you're just looking at the Rams schedule, yeah, they have to play the Niners one more time, but it's not terrible. I mean, there are winnable games on there. And believe it or not, we thought offense would win them this these games this year, but it's been defense. The offense has looked horrendous. I mean, McVay's play calling was not great the whole game. I mean, it hasn't been good all year. Maybe he hasn't had the pieces, but I mean, you could say Cup has looked like a ghost over the past four games that he's played. I know he got hurt. Finally, Puka Nakua is being used, but I mean, there's some, and then, you know, not running the football, they almost, almost cost them the game right there toward the end of the game yesterday. I'm just like, this is not like McVay. Maybe his whole, his, his whole mind and his whole body isn't into coaching right now. It just gets me thinking because he, the old McVay wouldn't have done something that, that rash. Um, one more thing, uh, before we switch gears to basketball. The Raiders, uh, you know, again, they were a 2-0 and following making the coaching change. I, I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to go into Miami and beat the Dolphins. Uh, your thoughts on them? I mean, like, do they have a chance to do something? Again, like all the teams in the Sporting Tribune's uh, football region are below 500. But uh, what about the Raiders, Brandon? Your thoughts on them? Yeah, I mean, they've got toughness. Uh, they played that game well way better than I think anybody thought. I mean, the books had Dolphins minus 13, I think 13 yeah, and a half. They yeah. even reached 14, and it was a seven-point game. Aiden O'Connell is not good. I, you know, I've told you this, Arash. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't, don't just go back to Jimmy G. I know he played terrible, but at least he has experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, that matters in games like that. 
I feel like Jimmy could have given him a, 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 a way better chance of winning that football game yesterday than Aiden O'Connell. And he's young. And yes, I get prepare for the future. But I mean, again, don't you want to win? I mean, they're in the hunt. They're still in the hunt, believe it or not. Right. Like we say yeah. the Rams in the hunt, like obviously the AFC is more competitive teams. So perhaps there's a little less of a chance for the Raiders to make the playoffs than the Rams. But at the same time, they still have, what, five wins? They, they you know, schedule, they have some toss-up games. They played Miami real tough. It gets me thinking, like, you know, he's the, the new coach has done a great job, but at the end of the day, could Jimmy Garoppolo have won you that football game? I think there's no. a possibility. Say what you want. I know. Uh, okay, switching gears. To the NBA, the Houston Rockets were in town to play both the uh, Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, Grant, start, first, want to start with you with the Clippers. Um, you know, we we joked that listen, at some point the Clippers are going to find a way to win with James Harden. At some point, they're going to figure out this rotation. Uh, I love the fact that I don't know how they came to this conclusion that Russell Westbrook requested, maybe even demanded to come off the bench, which I love. Um, okay, so they, they've won with James Harden. Um, your thoughts on that and sort of, at the very least, I think everyone agreed, and I think even Tyler knew this was going to happen at some point. One or two of those uh, big four was going to have to come off the bench. R- R- Russell Westbrook, who, by the way, was the betting favorite to win sixth man of the year prior to the Lakers moving on from him. Um, I, I think he could be an amazing sixth man. Um, your thoughts on them? Yeah, I mean, they finally got a win. I think that's the biggest thing for them. They got that thing off their back. Um, And and for them, it it was a lot better spacing, I think, with Russell Westbrook on the bench. And, you know, Brandon and I have mentioned this in our pod, and we've mentioned this on the show many times, is that they had to be split up. I don't think you could ever put them in, in a lineup ever again because that spacing is just pretty bad with Russell Westbrook. He never knew what his role was. Now he goes to the bench and he finally has the ball in his hands a lot more. He only played 17 minutes, which is a little bit questionable. They played Norman Powell a lot down the stretch. And judging by the words of Ty Lue, it seems like Norman Powell is going to be their sixth man. And he's going to be the guy that they lean on coming off the bench instead of Russell Westbrook, which is kind of disheartening if you're Russell Westbrook and if you're a Clipper fan, because You know, before this, Russ was embraced by the fan base. He was the starting point guard. He was leading that unit. He had a great uh, plus minus with that starting lineup before the trade. And then the the trade happens, and it feels like Russell Westbrook's role is diminished. And, And, of course, it will be, but I didn't think it would diminish this much. And I know it's only been one game with him off the bench, but... You know, there there are questions now about if Russell Westbrook is even fit for the bench lineup over Bones Highland because you, Brandon and I know that Bones Highland was a great piece that they got at the deadline last year, and he was great at the beginning of this year. And a lot of Clipper fans are clamoring that they should start or, or put Bones Highland over Russell Westbrook as the backup point guard and maybe look for a Russ trade, which I don't agree with. Wow. I, I just wow. completely don't agree with because I understand that you now have Harden and that Bones is a, a very good basketball player, but Russ's leadership, his energy, what he's done for that team. Tyloo has said this on many occasions that the team needed a leader and for him to go and come off the bench, request to come off the bench. Those are the reports. There are conflicting reports. Now, if it was requested or if it was forced, I'm not going to put anything out there, but there are conflicting reports I'm going to go based off of what we know, and that what we know uh, is that you know he requested to come off the bench. That's a leadership move. No, none of the other guys have done that. James Harden didn't do that. Russell Westbrook did do that. And 
I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of scuttlebutt, I guess you could say, about Russell Westbrook's role right now. But to get a win like that, I, I think it's great. I think yeah. it's going to lift them. It's going to get them some momentum going forward. And, and for James Harden to hit a three and one to, to win against his former team, a team that didn't want him, by the way. Ime Udoka and the Rockets didn't want him back this offseason. So for him to do that, I think that's pretty, pretty fun, too. Fred, I mean, about- before we switch gears to the Lakers, your thoughts on the Clippers? I mean, I, I, it's such a small sample size, but can they with this group? If they don't make any big trades, can they win? Uh, you ask me or Grant? You brand it. Okay, cool. I, I, did, <laughs> I mean, I, I was just making sure Grant's the expert on the Clippers. No, but I mean, I've watched, I've watched uh, the Brandon knows play. ball too, the way, man. I, big announcement beginning uh, in December. When we, 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 we've had a lot of requests for this. Brandon's, uh, the NBA power rankings... I'll put them up against any power rankings. They are making a comeback. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I can't wait. So, uh, but I mean, the Clippers. I mean, can they? Can, do do they have to do something to uh, get no. this? To, okay. No, I mean, I look. Daniel Thias was a great, good pickup. I mean, he's he's got moxie, plays hard. I know you. I love that word, but like, he's just a he's a basketball player. You know, he just plays good basketball. Does all the right things at the center position. That's someone they needed. Zubac is talented, but he makes a lot of you know. Uh, rash mistakes. I don't want to cuss on uh, on on air, but like, <laughs> I mean the guy. He, some plays he looks excellent, and other. I mean we saw this in a, when he was in a Laker uniform. Some games he had like thirty points. The next he was getting cooked on defense, and you know airballed a bunch of shots. They needed that. I mean, if you're looking at their upcoming schedule with the Spurs twice, I mean those are two wins, right? I mean I think we can all agree on that. No offense to the Spurs, but I, I really think the Clippers gained momentum with that Houston win. And from there on, you're just a few a game or two under 500 if they win both of those games. I mean, it's a long season. I think Russ, you can't trade him. The leadership qualities he ha- he has are, uh, you know, they're pivotal to the team's success. I do think Highland needs to play, but it's not like Highland's a point. He can play two. He can play the two. You know, you don't. You can play less Norm Powell and more Bones Highland. You know, yeah. that's another avenue you can go in. And you know, my thoughts on Bones. I don't know why he's not playing. He's possibly their sixth best player so i don't know why he's not playing but again that's beyond my uh, control right in the last uh, few minutes and grant to chime in as well the lakers uh you know big when i say big i mean i think anytime you can get a win uh it, it, it's important so they beat houston uh, not uh, the best game but again they beat houston the most interesting thing that i've noticed this season brandon and grant the Lakers want to win this uh, this uh, in-season tournament. I have not seen them play the way that they do when they got the crazy courts in the in-season tournament. They want to win the half a million dollars per player. Your thoughts on the Lakers so far this season? Brandon, I'll start with you first. I mean, LeBron really wants that extra 500 <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I didn't think he needed it, but man. I mean, that's like sense to him, but I mean, he's a gamer. He wants to win the first ever in-season tournament yeah. he that on his like career resume. When you look at it. <laughs> like, yeah, at 38 years old, I went in there and I, I mean, he's playing out of his mind. This wasn't even, even in a tournament game and it's still played amazing. Only undefeated team in the tournament. They play again, granted, they have the weakest pool. Let's just put it out there. I mean, Portland and Utah and there is not, I mean, the Suns, yeah, but they beat them without without book. So again, a good win, gutsy win. But again, if book was playing, that's probably a different story. They had a crazy game, by the way, on Sunday night too. jazz sons, which was crazy. Again, the Lakers are in a good position. Everyone's like, Oh, they barely, they won. I don't care. Yeah. They won. LeBron had to do what he had to do. I, 
congrats, thank gosh, right? Because he looks like LeBron when you know he was in the MVP conversation a few years ago in single yeah. handed games. He's by far been their best player this year. And I thought after that injury, perhaps he would take a step back. He looks great. Reeves looks like Austin Reeves again, which is important for them. D'Angelo's looking like a trade piece, like Grant has always said. <laughs> I've been wishy-washy with him. Real quick, Wade, uh, your thoughts on um, there's been some rumors, and again, you know, but yeah, there's like what are, there's like that Zach Levine Caruso rumor. Uh, your your thoughts on some of the rumors out there? You know, we asked Grant and I asked some uh, some Laker fans about that, and that'll be <laughs> up on Baller Sports Dialogues page. But everyone seems to want Caruso back, but a little, <laughs> a little hesitant on Levine, and I see why. People that know ball know that Levine can't guard a parked car. It's yeah. unfortunate, but. He doesn't fit with the team. They really need a guy like Caruso. I mean, I would flip Russell for Caruso straight up. Again, the money doesn't work. You'd have to. You'd have to yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Caruso plays winning basketball. D'Angelo doesn't. I hate to say it. Uh, he some games he looks great, like the second coming of Christ offensively, but he still can't play defense. And to win a championship, they're going to need to play defense. Grant, your thoughts. Oh uh, yeah, well, I, I'm finally, I'm loving that you guys have finally come to the realization <laughs> that D'Angelo Russell needs to be moved because I've been saying this for for weeks. Uh, yeah, no, look, the, the Lakers had a great win on Sunday, like you said, Brandon. Any win that they can get at this point, every game's going to be close. I mean, I think we all know that every game I feel like this year has been close. So for the Lakers, momentum and LeBron, excellent as always. He looks as good as he did at 34 now, yeah. and Brandon mentioned it. Anything's better than 2-10 and 10 for the Lakers and Laker Nation right now. It's fantastic as a Laker fan to even be over 500 at this point. Because I know that this team is eventually going to get it going. And they're eventually going to be one of the top teams in the West. I've always thought that. And I think it's just a slow start. Like I said, they've had guys in and out of the lineup. But for the Lakers, keep going. You can't, you can't just give up in some of these games. And D'Angelo Russell, there's a reason he's, he's being benched in the fourth quarter, Brandon. There's a reason. Both Malcolm Russell's. Brogdon would not be benched in the fourth quarter. I'm just going to put that out there. Both Russells in L.A. benched against I the know. Russell. What's going Crazy. on? <laughs> Something <laughs> about the Russells in Los Angeles. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's, that, again, Arash, last thing I'll say on the Lakers yeah. here. You know, manageable schedule. They do play Phoenix ahead in a few yeah. games, but I do think they'll beat Utah in that in-season tournament game. That's important. Oh, listen, if it's an in-season tournament, the Lakers are coming. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. Lakers, the Lakers bet them to cover that spread, <laughs> and I did not realize this until, like, a few games into this thing where, like, they play differently with those in-season tournaments. So, uh, and we'll talk about this as the season progresses, but, like, let's just say they win. Where does are they hanging a banner? Are they hanging a trophy? I have, I have no, no idea. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. No it's just no like that meme. Tell them to bring me my money. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. You guys are the best. We'll have you uh, both on again very soon. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, "Stay safe and stay healthy." This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.